It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello everyone and welcome to the first Flyers forecast of 2021. The 2021 season, I suppose, and you could say 20 to 21, but it's just 2021. There was no NHL action for this season in 2020. I'm Steve Chico. This is Craig Forsyth. You might know us better from doing Flyperbole, a uh, podcast on maybe. street hockey. Maybe. maybe. Just maybe. Perhaps, but yeah. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the show. We do this weekly. We do a... Uh, I, it's brief for us, as far as podcasts go. Apparently uh, not for everybody else, yeah. Not for everybody else, no. this is Our standards are very, <laughs> very long. Our brief here is, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, somewhere in that range. But, yeah. We do a weekly Flyers preview show, so welcome. And we're going to talk a little Flyers. I'm going to run down uh, the matchups for you. And then we're going to get into breaking it all down, see what to expect, blah, blah, blah. So welcome if this is your first time listening. Uh, We are very excited to get back into a season of Philadelphia Flyers hockey in these trying times. And hopefully it can be a continuous, healthy season for everybody. Mm, Yeah. And we'll we'll get into those issues a little bit, but yeah, it's uh, it's a little dicey. Yeah, a little dicey, and uh, I'm sure the league will will cross that bridge when we get there. And I think we'll be crossing those bridges kind of soon. But uh, as for this week, though, Steve, we only have uh, two games going on, uh, and they're both against the same team. So, uh, Steve, you want to lay that's, that out there? Yeah, yeah, that that's something that's going to get some getting used to. We're gonna. So one bit of information for you this season is the fact that the NHL is just going to be playing games in division Mm -hmm. and we're going to be playing baseball style in blocks of game series. And I believe they are two games at a time. So you'll have like Penguins, Penguins, Bruins, Bruins, Sabres, Sabres, so on and so forth. And that's what we got. We get to start out with the lovely Pittsburgh Penguins, one of the best rivalries (laughs) in the NHL to start the season right out of the gate. So January 13th, Wednesday, first game in the league this season. First game right out of the gate, 5.30 p.m. So finish work on time, folks, and rush to your television sets because the Flyers are getting going right away against Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to be a nationally broadcast game on NBC Sports Network. And then Friday, January 15th, the Flyers are right back at it against Pittsburgh Penguins. 7 p.m. game that's in... Philadelphia, but who yeah. really cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> no fans, no problem. Uh, 7 p.m. game, and that'll be on your your local broadcast, so JJ and the crew will be in for that one. And I would uh, give you an update on who's the leading scorer and all that, but uh, we don't have any of that information at Not this point. tonight. Yeah, we'll do the... Uh, we're just going to run through the uh, the final roster and the taxi st- uh, squad and everything tonight. Also, for that Friday game, it's worth pointing out... Uh, it's on NHL Network, too. So NHL Network and Sportsnet for fans outside of the Philly market that uh, I guess somehow wouldn't be streaming would all have the money for NHL Network. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, so <laughs> I yeah. know you're excited for that first national broadcast, though, because Flyers fan favorites, Kenny Albert and Pierre Maguire oh, on the call. Baby. Yeah. Hey, after all this Wolf. long hiatus, uh, the league was like, you know what? Everybody wants. They want Pierre Maguire. 
And you know, not much you can do about Kenny Albert because Doc's. Gone. I mean, Kenny Albert's yeah. fine. He's not. I'll take I mean, John Forsling, Doc... but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. I agree. But Kenny Albert. Doc hard. Emmerich retiring is is tough because like that's the voice you want to hear in this situation. It's you want to be... hear yeah. Doc Emmerich speak about the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, not the Pittsburgh Pirates, his favorite baseball team. I'm, we're going to miss Doc for sure. Kenny Albert is a, a fine announcer, but he is no Doc Emmerich. And Pierre Maguire, oh boy, yeah, he sure does love hockey. We'll learn more about Nolan Patrick and uh, Oscar Lindblom's childhood uh, during those games. But for the final roster in uh, Tassie Squad, so we know we're playing the Penguins. So for this episode in particular, since we haven't played any games yet this year, coming into a new season... Uh, we're just going to run through who made the Flyers' actual roster, who's on the taxi squad, which is unique for this season, players that got sent down to the AHL, and then look at the all-season acquisitions for the Penguins and how the Flyers and Penguins last year and everything like that. Usually for the week-to-week stuff, we go back with how the opponents have done through the year and then talk about the matchups with how they've played through this year and everything. You know, you, you kind of know the deal. Who even are the Philadelphia Flyers? Is the and we're going to answer that question in about – for about 14 to 15 minutes here. And then that's that's it. That's <laughs> going to be the final answer on what the Flyers are. So uh, for the final roster, though, that was announced today, no surprises, honestly. It's all the regular names you'd expect, including Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom. Nolan Patrick, of course, hasn't played in 87 straight games for the Flyers. Missed the last two games of the 2018-19 regular season and all of last year's regular season and postseason. Uh, so when he suits up today, when you're listening on Wednesday, uh, that'll be his first game in 88 Flyers games. Uh, and then Limblom's first game since first regular season game, first game that he would have been playing while in training. Uh, his first actual game since December 7th, 2019 against the Senators. So if you remember all the way back then, that was the game where Scott Lawton and uh, Kachuk nearly uh, killed each other, uh, Brady Kachuk, so. That was how long ago it was since Limbaugh was actually in the, the lineup when it wasn't him coming back from cancer and getting unique situation playing in the bubble and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, he did play in game One six and seven. Say, yeah. Oh, One God, could say that it's been a while. It's been a weird. Yeah. And it has been for these two. And these two were going, leaving the 2018 19 regular season to the players that people pointed to that should get more ice time. More playing time to shelter the team for last or 2019-20 would have been Patrick and Limblom, and unfortunately, just insane injury situations for both players kind of uh, knocked them out of the lineup. But they look—you really can't ask for just like it, just some of the worst possible circumstances. Yeah, it's just unreal. Young players yeah. that you—you you really going into last season, they were guys we talked about as uh, players we expected to take a leap. I know the Flyers were expecting them to take a leap to the next level to to really elevate the team and Lindblom certainly started the season last Lindblom year was on fire. On fire. Yeah. He was yeah. absolutely amazing. And uh, we've, we saw him a little bit against the Islanders, which is still just stunning to me that he was able to play in that series, come back from what he had and come and play. Yeah, just play Hockey all, yeah. is stunning, but he, he actually looked pretty good considering the circumstances and, yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see what he's bringing and having Nolan Patrick back is uh, I, I'm ecstatic about that after all he's yeah. been through. And well. Patrick, Patrick scored in this uh, intro squad uh, scrimmage on Sunday. He looked good on Sunday with Ford check and uh, JVR and Limblom. Yeah, like you were saying, he was on pace for 30 goals last year before he got hurt. Again, only played about, you know, two months of the season, but still would have been on pace for 30 goals. And also uh, was a pretty 
formed a pretty formidable line with Couturier and Limblom or uh, Limblom and Konechny. Limblom with Couturier, Limblom that would be a hell of a line. I don't know how they would do it. We're not there yet with science, but uh, like Limblom, <laughs> <laughs> like Limblom. Those two though, they were because uh, I remember I was looking back at some of the stuff from the end of 2018-19, and those two were the two players that Dave Haxel had in their had in his doghouse for no reason, and that if they just got middle six minutes, the Flyers would be fine. So still haven't really reaped those benefits yet. So hopefully. That happens this year with the improvements they made last year. So those two will be in the lineup. Uh, Morgan Frost has made the team as 13 forward. Got limited time last year. Excited to see what he can do. He's going to play this year. Don't know when. And again, with, like you said, the baseball back-to-backs and the tight scheduling and the playing groups in a series, there might be more opportunities to kind of squeeze Frost into a lineup there for matchup purposes rather than just somebody getting hurt or you need a body for a particular game. Uh Hopefully he gets a lot more playing time this year in the NHL. And that's all I got to say about Morgan. I'm excited to see what Morgan Frost can do, especially as the, the extra forward. So even when he gets in, he should be going up against low, lesser opponents, like bottom six uh, opponents. So hopefully that pays off for him as well. Uh, Steve Morgan Frost thoughts? Big fan? Big fan of Morgan Frost. Big fan. Yeah, I, I like Morgan Frost. Yeah. Big fan. First time in a long time. Uh, Morgan Frost... <laughs> is a guy I'm really excited to come up and I'm glad he's going to be the 13th forward here. Uh, the first guy to really get a shot at the lineup when somebody goes down or somebody needs a, a breather, which is definitely going to be an issue uh, considering this marathon season they're about to play. So I expect a lot of subs, a lot of guys going in for quick breathers. Like that's, there's going to be break games, especially I would think for, for Lynn Blom and Patrick, after they're yeah. coming back and getting used to playing a full NHL season again. I, I would not be surprised to see Morgan Frost in there pretty quickly. And I think he's just, he's so skilled. We got a brief look at him last season. He's a guy that we are waiting to take the NHL leap. It's interesting that Joel Farabee leapfrogged him because I think a couple of years back, a lot of us expected Frost to be up before Farabee, but Farabee quickly made himself an everyday player in this lineup. Farabee's progress has been kind of surreal. I mean, he went from being a first-round pick in 2018 to just dominating the NCAA to being in the NHL. Like, you don't go from... It's not often you're drafted one year and then the next year you're playing NHL games. Like, that's that's a hell of a leap. I don't know. Uh, especially for it's a, a guy a that leap, wasn't... Especially, yeah, like, like not a non-top five draft pick, right? right. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. So you'll it, see that without the first, it. second overall, but yeah, I, I'm yeah. very happy with it. But yeah. I, and I'm, and that's not to knock Frost because I think Frost is immensely talented. He's just on a different timeline, and he really did show that he had some some great skills last year, and he's close to NHL ready. And we're about to see just how NHL ready he is, and I'm sure he's going to get some playing time before we know it. Yeah, and I think his. Uh, going back to the Fairby, uh comparison real quick, I think Frost uh, has the higher level. Like He's able to make a more dynamic play than Farabee. He's got more explosive plays in his arsenal, I think, than Farabee. I like I love Farabee, but I think Frost has higher-end offense and definitely playmaking abilities, so we'll see that uh, throughout the season. Uh, on the blue line, uh, the two defensemen, AV is going to carry eight defensemen on the roster. The two defensemen that won't be playing in Wednesday's game are Mark Friedman, which is kind of expected, and then Shane Gossespierre, who last time we were recorded, we were uh, we were getting our Shane Gossespierre hopes up, uh, and it sounded like he could even be on the top pair. But since then, 
He has missed Saturday's practice, Sunday's scrimmage, and then um, today's practice, uh, Tuesday's practice, and has been ruled out. because they don't have to tell us, they haven't told us anything. They have not told us anything, so we don't know if it's COVID or injury or anything. Um, And he has been ruled out for Wednesday's game already, and apparently, according to Adam Kimmelman, his status for Friday's game is uncertain at the moment. But again, this, uh, not sure what it is, don't know if it's just COVID, and they're not telling us because of whatever. Um, or if he has an injury, and again, AV, because his training camp doesn't really have to close, he doesn't have to like disclose everything with us right now. And this is the NHL where if they don't have to tell you what the injury is, there they're is no chance him. in hell they're telling it's you. Like yeah. that was one of the policies in the playoffs in the bubble last season was they didn't have to tell you shit. They didn't have to tell you anything, nope. and they did not. They and made that's it a how... point not to. Yeah, Voracek. Yeah. We had a thing with Voracek early oh, yeah. on where he was like, I don't know where everybody thought I had COVID coming from. And it's like, well, you mispracticed a bunch of days and there's a pandemic going on. So that's kind of how we yeah. got to and that nobody point, Jake. Yeah, nobody, nobody told me. <laughs> yeah. And this is the league <laughs> where true. upper body injury, lower body injury, those are the norms. Those are the terms they use. So it's yeah. it's very difficult to get an actual injury explanation for any player out and we have no idea what's up with goss despair we'll probably find out as late as humanly possible and still have a very vague description of it and it's a shame because i was getting excited for ghost knight was excited to see him next to ivan provorov and what they are doing instead is not my favorite plan yeah and uh we're gonna run through it right now and then i will talk steve off the ledge after we talk about the defense so up front we have uh, these are the lines that were in practice today, according to uh, the Athletics' uh, Charlie O'Connor. Hopefully, he's a friend of the show. And uh, these are what is supposed to be the starting lineup tomorrow. We got Limblon, Katoria Konechny, Giroux, oh, Hayes, yeah. Farabee, <laughs> J- JVR, Patrick Voracek, Raffle, Lawton, NAK at the four lines. I love love that top line. And I'll tell you what, we talked about I'm this. I'm not going to lie, I like the whole lineup. Uh, oh, I like the whole lineup, TBQH, too. TBQH, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, we talked about this on Fly Perbly. I We, we kind of felt the second line was pretty weird, the Drew Hayes-Farabee. But yeah. in the scrimmage, they look great. They look like guys who had played together a bunch before, and they did yeah. not look out of place in any way. Yeah, Hayes and Farabee show that they played a lot last year, had that element of chemistry. And then uh, I I think Drew was the part I was kind of worried about, not just because, you know, the classic, where's our, where's our captain, you know, he's not good for anything type of appeal. But he just... Uh, dropping down a line and also being with uh, two guys who didn't really play with Faraby a bit last year. And I think he spent some time, like, I don't even remember some of the lines last year, but just out of the other three lines that were together, Wimbom, Katori, Konechny fucked all last year. JVR, Patrick Voracek, I can see how that line blends together and can play pretty well. And also it's a bottom six line. And then Ralph Law and NAK also played, all played meaningful minutes for the Flyers above the fourth line. So if that's your fourth line, Seems like it's pretty good shape, but to what you're saying, Steve, uh, looked pretty good. I mean, that Drew Hayes Faraby line had they were they were cycling pretty well. Had some fancy plays. Hayes had some pretty nice goals. Faraby had a couple nice passes on those goals. Uh, they look pretty dangerous. And again, I mean, that's pretty good depth. That's the best. This is the best flyers like forward depth the team has had in a while. And they could have had yeah. it last year. Uh, you know, again, those unique and severe injuries to Patrick and Limblom kind of halted that, but. I mean, this is a deep team, and this is the kind of depth you want because it's there aren't there aren't just one or two players. I, I know the needing a sniper and needing a high end offensive talent are are definitely concerns for the team, but 
when there's not one guy the opponent needs to take out and can actually effectively roll out four lines like this, it's a huge matchup problem. That should be when the postseason comes around. We'll talk more about that, too, hopefully, because uh, the Flyers are going to be in it. I really love this depth, as you said, and I, I love that first line is so all around really good. And that's a, a great line to just play the majority of minutes in the game. That second line you have so much offensive explosion. And I do like the idea of Drew playing less hard minutes as he gets a, a little bit up, more up there in age and happy birthday to our cat. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this on hey, at least, birthday. I will say at least in our part, we didn't uh, kind of confront him about his age and dunk on him for being old and then forget his birthday. Do you know, like some other people in the city that right. Unlike some other us. people, yeah. we congratulated yeah. Claude Giroux, G himself, the captain. <laughs> A happy birthday. So happy after, birthday, Jake. They're saying he's getting up there in age last week. Yeah. He's getting up there. He's getting, yeah. he's getting up. We're all getting old. We're getting, you know, it's just life. That's life. But I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Hayes Bees G line at the end of the day. Big fan Hayes of Hayes Bees G. Yeah, that is a pretty, uh, I do like that name too. And then there's the haters going to hate line, JVR, Patrick Voracek, you know, they, they line, got a lot huh? of haters, the, the haters and they look they're going to hate, but they're, they look pretty good. They look pretty good. pretty good. pretty good passing. It was yeah. really nice to see Patrick score. You know, he oh man, he yeah. got he took a hit. He played well, and I'm I'm very happy to see him where he's at. I I do like the idea too of Patrick and Voracek, who are pretty good playmakers, pretty good pretty good at setting up players. Uh, with JVR, who should just camp in front. So hopefully, he should just be uh, acting like a as a garbage man. He's picking up trash all day long, getting like the easiest the garbage man. JVR. <laughs> Just like whacking in pucks in the front with one hand. He's like, oh, God, whatever. It's a goal. That's fine. I'm bored. Another day at the office. <laughs> please somebody please somebody Photoshop James Van Riemsdyk <laughs> onto be. Danny DeVito from Always Sunny in Philadelphia as the trash man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's it's happening. That's what we're uh, we're just going to call him out for now. Uh, hopefully please, he gets a real greasy trash one tomorrow. man. I love it. Oh, yeah. Get, the, get that rebuild. greasy one. The trash man with a greasy one. And then I really like Raffle Lawton and NAK of the NAKGB. Big fan of that. That's that's like almost my perfect fourth line right there. That is a really good. I know we're just gonna sound annoying saying it, but these are like they're all f- ideal fourth line players. They all have maybe not Raffle, but Lawton and NAK got plenty of speed to them. Uh, they utilize shorts like burst of energy pretty well like that you would expect out of energy player on the fourth line and they're all pretty good players both ways uh they're all defensively responsible and i would never shock me if any of these players scored while they're on the ice uh, out there i, I mean lawton's coming off maybe his most productive year in terms of goal scoring in terms of opportunities and everything uh so you put that guy on your fourth line with nak who there was talk last year and i i believe there's merit to it that he shouldn't be he should be like a borderline top six guy like he could be he should easily be a top nine guy could be in the top six and he slotted it on the fourth line right now so like i that's a pretty good fourth line can't really complain like it big fan big fan big fan how's this defense looking craig yeah i was gonna say i, I thought you were gonna go into the defense and i was gonna start uh, i was gonna start calming you down so uh with the ghost and freedman uh scratches for tomorrow are tomorrow Tomorrow, already in place. There we go. That's how words work. The three defensive pairs will be Provorov and Justin Braun on the top pair. Sanheim Myers as the second. Robert Haig, Eric Gustafson as the third. Steve, your reactions. Your thoughts. 
Ooh, Braun on the top pair not ideal. is not ideal. That not makes cool me beans. just a little yeah. sick to my stomach. Not cool yeah. beans. No, uh, very decidedly <laughs> bad beans right there. The bad bean line. Yeah. Provy and Braun, like... I will say, I, let me make I, some I do other think points. Ivan Provorov will elevate Justin Braun. Yeah. That's his name, right? It's not Ryan Braun. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Ivan Provorov. If anybody's going to elevate Braun's game, it's Provorov. That's, uh, that's a fact, Jack. But giving him as many minutes as Ivan Provorov gets in the game is a scary, scary thought. Hopefully, Braun has really enjoyed the rest of the past few months and he's come (laughs) back refreshed because he did not look good in the bubble. He was one of the Flyers' worst defensemen in the bubble. Uh, Sanheim and Myers, attorney at law, they are a great pairing. Love them together. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with anything. And then, bottom bag, Hag, and... Eric Gustafson, not Eric Gustafson, but Eric Gustafson. Mm-hmm. Don't get oh him boy, yeah. oh boy. I mean, that one kind of makes sense though because I'm fine with that one. Robert Hag is the stay-at-home defenseman, mm-hmm. and Gustafson is the offensive guy. So it's you yeah. know good cop, bad cop right there. Yeah, like that. That I'm fine with. And even though left-handed, they we've made it a point that Gustafson is fine playing on the right, even though he's left-handed and all that shit. Sam and Myers uh, were a pretty dominant pair last year. And what I'll say about Prover up front, nobody wants to see it. It's the worst thing that could happen to any of us right now. But usually earlier in the season, or at least last year, and apparently has been AV's uh, MO, don't get too connected or married to all the lines and pairs, I guess you see. So I guess maybe we shouldn't have gushed over those lines early on. Because he seems to throw stuff in the blender when it doesn't seem to be uh, working. Or at least he kind of tries and figure, kind of figure out the problem early on. So... I expect Sanheim and Myers to pick up where they left, uh, you know, where they left uh, last year. And then Hag and Gus, I expect them to be fine as a third pair. I think Gustafson's mobility is going to be a big factor in terms of uh, how much I like that pair compared to Hag and Braun from last year. And then hopefully, like you said, Provorov should cancel out some of Braun, but I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm thinking that pair probably gets a lot more defensive work and i think braun did have good numbers with sandheim last year so i guess maybe it's not the end of the world i just i don't want to see it for too long especially if it looks like it's going to be like a, a pro ralph mcdonald situation where it's just pro ralph carrying around a pilot i don't think it's going to be that bad but i just braun is not my ideal choice for the top pair it's just myers which i guess whatever i mean we'll see how it goes uh i think uh i think it'll be fine but i i I just have some questions about the pro Ralph Brown pair. <laughs> yeah. I think the rest of the defense looks fine. And I think when like it's I'm all just said having and done, nightmares. Okay. Yeah. I'm having night sweats right now thinking about <laughs> <Just> Sidney <laughs> Crosby just like pointing at Braun saying, I want you. Yeah. Well, that's the th- so we'll get to that. Uh, when we talk about the, the Penguins uh, lineup, we'll, we'll talk about that too, about who you would play against too. Uh, and we're, we're going to get there in a second, actually. Because I do, I didn't want to talk about that too. But I was going to run through the. Um, Taxi squad, and then the players go in the AHL, and then the injured players real quick, and then the hierarchy. Flyers leadership hierarchy, and then the uh, the Penguins matchup. So I'm going to run through all this real quick. Six players were assigned to the Flyers taxi squad. Alex Lyon, which we called. Uh, I mean, it made sense for the goalie. Um, Andy Andreoff, Sam Marin, Carson Twarinski, Connor Bunneman, and Nate Prosser. Uh, all those check, check out to me. Like, all those make sense that they're on the uh, – the taxi squad. Uh, Cause again, Marin, I guess 
there's really not much hope for him cracking the, the blue line right now. So you see what he does up front and kind of keep him around just in case you do need a defenseman uh, in a pinch. Uh, Carson Twornski and Connor Bunneman, both fringe guys that, uh, again, you could call real quick, and they're not really going to be killed by not a lot of time down the AHL. And then Nate Prosser is just an old vet that really doesn't need AHL experience. So all of that. Checks out. 14 players assigned to the AHL. Chris Bigrow, Pascal LaBerge, Mason Millman, Roddy Rouse, Felix Sandstrom, Zade Wisdom, Lena Sandine, Tyson Forrester, Derek Pouliot, Igor Zamolo, Wyatt Wiley, Matthew Strome, Tyler Watherspoon, and Max Willman. Uh, if you didn't know who Max Willman was, he's a 25-year-old who's a 2014 fifth-round pick of the Sabres. He had 25 points with the Reading Royals in 20 games last year and 9 points in 24 games with the Phantoms. Uh so and there was a lot of yeah, questions. Yeah, I had about, no idea who he was. No, <laughs> yeah, I, had, I, I like, I did not know either. So I, I looked it up and uh, didn't know either. And I looked it up and uh, that's who he was. Well, so there you go. I'll there, be ordering. Where, just so you know, Craig, where there's a Wilman, there's a way. Okay. All right. And then uh, moving on, we're not going to acknowledge that cash and money millionaires esque <laughs> comment. <laughs> uh, prospects, <laughs> prospects with no junior leagues playing. Uh, or prospects uh, that currently have no junior leagues playing can play in the AHL until their respective junior leagues get up and running. So, for instance, Mason Millman, Zade Wisdom, Tyson Forrester all play in the OHL, and Roddy Ross plays in the WHL. And according to my belief, they can all, or according to, uh, I think it was Meltzer was saying it. Yeah. Maybe not Meltzer, sure. but he, I think Meltzer was talking about the AHL squads. But pretty much... Once those junior seasons start, so like the OHL and WHL are expected to start in February, once those seasons start, Millman, Wisdom, and Forrester would all go to the OHL and Ross would go to the WHL, is how I believe that would work. Uh, and then four players are placed on injured non-roster, and that would include Tanner Lezinski, uh, who was out with the core mu- recovering from core muscle surgery, which we talked about last week. Kirill Ustamanko, out four to five months recovering from hip surgery. And Isaac Ratcliffe, who will be out at least four weeks, probably three weeks now with a fractured rib. And then Wade Allison, who uh, was also on there, uh, and we uh, couldn't find a reason why. Uh, could not, did not see any tweets about why he was on the injured uh, non-roster or anything, so... During the age of COVID, let's let's take a guess what's going on with Wade Allison. Um, and then after that, big fly, old question mark. <laughs> big old question mark. He's got gastrosparitis. <laughs> He's got yeah. We've both been hanging out a lot. No, uh, Flyers leadership hierarchy. So unfortunately, another year where Claudia is the captain. Once we get past that, yeah, the permanent. Ulti- <laughs> I hope these clips never get back to Claudia somehow. <laughs> Just like something like that. We, uh, love Claude <laughs> yeah, we, one, love Claude. we are two of Claude Giroux's <laughs> staunchest defenders. Yeah, we will we will defend him to the death. Permanent alternate captain, Sean Couture, permanent home alternate, Proveroff, and then uh rotating road alternates will be Hayes and Voracek. Uh and then one last thing before we get to the matchup, Steve. Oh, I was gonna say those are some wonderful head henchmen there. <laughs> Thank you. We'll talk Shout about out. that more. That is that is a weird fly perbole reference from recent weeks right there. But I am excited to see Ivan Provorov take on a little bit more of a, a at least an outward visible leadership role on this team. Yeah, I mean, he... it really shows, you know, how valued he is. I we all know that the, you know, none the captain isn't necessarily the guy that is the leader in the locker room, but it is a sign of respect on the team and really shows where you are uh reputation wise with the team. So that that's awesome. And we'll talk about that more on flight later this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll touch on that later in the week. And then also I don't know if you wanna 
Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, you want to talk about the advertising on helmets? We got to do that real quick since uh, fans are going to be. We can talk about that. that briefly since this is something that might yeah. shock you. Might shock <laughs> you if you're not expecting it. But yeah, the the NHL has decided we need to make some money this year, and they decided the way to make that money is by putting advertising on the players' helmets this year. And teams are deciding if they want to do it, but it is a source of revenue for those teams, so most teams are doing it. Yep. And the Flyers have decided to be one of those teams. And according to Slam and Sam and Carcitti, they have partnered up with Tata Consultancy Services, a.k.a. TCS. Uh, and they will be the sponsor for the Flyers' helmets, or you'll see their ads on their sponsors. I don't know what the actual terminology they're using for these helmet ads are. But when you're watching the Flyers game tomorrow, when you see a big logo that says TCS on it, it's for Tata Consultancy Services. In case you need consultancy services. Yeah, just in case you're sitting at home. <laughs> I'm just glad it says TCS and it doesn't say Tata, because that's that's going to turn into a meme overnight. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that correctly, right? Or your best guess of what would be... My best guess? I, I think it's Tata. You said... Yeah. It doesn't matter. Tata, it doesn't matter, because neither of us need consultancy services. No, but I in case you do, yeah. that's it's on the Flyers' helmets, and it might just say TCS, so I... Whatever. I'm gonna. I'm create... not a big fan of the advertising, but you know, it, it just says TCS, so great. I'm gonna put uh, competing stickers that say CNCS, which is Craig's Not Consultancy Services. So whenever you ask me anything, I'm just not gonna give you any advice. I'm gonna tell you to get kick rocks, get lost. That's gonna be my advice from uh, here on out. And the Flyers uh, get, get putting all this past us, Steve, including bad jokes. Uh, the Flyers play the Penguins this week, so let's talk about the Penguins. Uh, they are. Where they finished third in division last year, 40, 23, and 6 for 86 points in 69 games. For comparison, the Flyers had one more win and three more points. Um, they finished 10th in goals last year, tied for 11th in goals against. Middle of the pack power play, top 10 PK unit. Um, and they were a, they were, they were an all right puck driving team, uh, play driving team. Uh, 11th in shot attempts, 4 percentage, and then 7th. Uh, Seventh and expected goals four percentage. Uh, the Flyers finished ninth in shot attempts four percentage and fifteenth in expected goals four percentage. Uh, again, this is all said with a lot of roster uh, changes between, or mainly for the Penguins. But uh, looking at the Flyers series against the Penguins last year, they went one one and one. Flyers had that seven to one loss in Pittsburgh on October 29th, three zero win in Philly on January twenty first, and then a four three overtime loss to the Penguins in Pittsburgh on January thirty first. So we're looking at. Almost an entire calendar year without a Flyers Penguins game, which is now this is an a official Flyers Penguins game, yes. mind you, because the there was game. that exhibition game, yeah, yeah, which uh, we're not counting that. I mean, that was uh, that was nothing. That meant literally nothing. <laughs> so organized, actual meaning something, meaningful game in almost a year, which is kind of nuts. I mean, you know, you, you've been here. Everybody knows what the last year has been, but still, kind of surreal to go through uh and looking at since the underlying numbers from last year really aren't that great i went back and i looked at the bubble the numbers from inside the bubble and even those really aren't gonna be useful but both teams did play the the canadians in the playoff series and uh the penguins actually had a lot better underlying numbers against the canadians in that playoff series but at the end of the day it doesn't matter because the flyers won theirs yeah that's right uh, and the Flyers had uh, almost a 40 course four percentage, under a 40 expected goals four percentage, uh, and 53.85 goals four percentage in those six games. And the Penguins, during their four-game series against the uh, Canadians, had 
above a 51 Corsi 4 percentage, above a 52 expected goals 4 percentage, but then only had a 30.77 goals 4 percentage. So, Flyers got a little bit lucky, but scored. Penguins not as lucky and uh, could not produce, but whatever, suck it. Uh, best performers last season for the <laughs> Penguins. Malkin led the team with 74 points in 55 games, and he had 25 goals. We won of three Penguins with 20 goals or more uh, last year. Brian Russ was another one. He led the team with 27 goals and had 56 points in 55 games. And then Jake Gensel also had 20 in 39 games. Gensel also had not played, I think his last regular season game last year was December 30th, and he played in those four games in the bubble and has not played since. So you're talking about a guy, one of their better goal scorers, 40 goal scorer, who has has not played really a string of consecutive games in over a year. Pretty much in terms of like being in the flow of the season and into it and everything, yeah. Well, I certainly hope he starts the season very slow. Same, yeah. Hoping they got a lot of rust to shake off here. Uh, John Marino finished eighth, and you don't Oliver. mean Brian Rust. Hey, oh fuck, I didn't even. Oh man, that was Brian. Keep the rust or keep on the rust. Oh the fuck, I can't. We'll <laughs> iron that out. We'll go back to water that late. We'll figure it. We'll work out a good joke with Brian Rust there. Uh, John Marino. On their blue line, uh, you know about Latang and Brian Dumoulin and Latang are a pretty good pair. But John Marino, uh, quietly one of the more annoying defensemen around the league in terms of how good he is. Finished eighth in Calder voting at 26 points, six goals in 56 games last year, averaging over 20 minutes a night. Really good underlying numbers uh, defensively at five on five. And uh, you know, for to be on the Penguins and to say that on their blue line, that's, a, that's saying something. So, looking at their offseason additions, though. Their big offseason addition was Kasperi Kapanen, who the Flyers will not be playing on Wednesday. They might be playing – actually, he should be out Wednesday and Friday if uh, these reports are correct. Um, Kapanen came over from the Maple Leafs in a deal that was for him, Pontius Aberg, Jesper Lindgren, uh, in exchange for David Warsawski, Evan Rodriguez, and Phil Hollander, as well as the 2021st going to the Maple Leafs in late August. And uh, Rodriguez ended up coming back to the Penguins. He's on their top line uh, going into the season, which we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, due to just coming back to North America a few days ago, Captain evidently won't be ready for Wednesday's game because of quarantine quarantining issues. I uh, came, believe he arrived in Pittsburgh on Saturday, and apparently he had to quarantine for a week after coming back to North America for the league. Uh, so he will be out Wednesday and Friday, I believe. But he's definitely out Wednesday. I believe he's missing both the first two games of the Flyer season. So, uh, happening to yeah, real, it's a real shame. Uh, this is all based on visa issues, apparently, or immigration issues, I think is what it said. Yeah, can we also briefly just talk about that trade? Because that, oh, yeah, let's talk about it. I don't know. I like Kasperi Kapanen, but that was a weird trade, like, that was a lot to pay for Kasperi Kapanen. It is a lot. Yeah, and uh, also considering, uh, I mean, the first is too much for Kapanen, but also the Penguins don't have a deep prospect pull, and Hollander was one of their more high-end prospects that was expected to come out of the pool. So they moved a lot to kind of move up the time frame, or the window at least, for uh, Crosby and Malkin, who uh, I guess it is worth mentioning, just another day older, getting closer and closer to that finish line, folks. So... uh, but yeah, that's uh that's Kapanen, uh, who will be a pain in the ass at some point during the uh, season for the Flyers because he he is fast and he had, he can score. He only had 13 goals in uh, 69 games last year, but he also had 20 goals and 44 points in 78 games in 2018-19. His first season as an NHL regular. Uh, so the Penguins added him up front. And then on the blue line, 
That was their big ad up front. Um, and then on the blue line, they added Cody Cece and ad. Michael Matheson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's big. I was looking at the other additions. I'm like, yeah, they didn't really add anybody else. But so from the uh, on the blue line, they added Cody Cece. I mean, Cece. it's... <laughs> Who it's is, better uh, than that one. That's for yeah, sure. I mean, Cody CC is uh, that's a, you know, Toronto really made a big deal about how Cody CC's number, like according to their numbers, Cody CC was actually good defensively, and I think he was fine. Apparently, looking at his five and five numbers, but only good on defense, and also it was one season, and every season before that, he was absolute ass. So that is who the Penguins decided to go out and sign to help eat up minutes uh, in place of Jack Johnson. Who again, you know, Cody Ceci isn't great, but there's not a lot of people he's going to be beating out in the NHL. And I, I don't know if he's beating out Jack Johnson. Actually, that's a pretty bad combo. <laughs> I don't know if you're really getting that much better. But uh, the other big addition for the Penguins on the blue line was Michael Matheson, who came over in a trade with Colton Sevier, who was another forward the Penguins added. Uh, they came over for Patrick Hornquist. Matheson is a defenseman who also played forward uh, a bit last season. Steve, I don't remember last week I was trying to talk about the uh, – we were talking about Samurai moving from defenseman to forward. I was trying to remember two Penguin, or two Panthers that played defense and forward last year for Florida. The one was Michael Pizik, and the other one was Matheson. So that's who it was, Matheson. Ah. 20 points. Yeah, I know it was a long, it was a long drink for a small – or a long walk for a small drink of water. Matheson had 20 points in 59 games last year. Averaging 18.02 a night. Uh, and Sevier had 16 points, six goals in a very nice amount of games. 69, averaging 13.15 a night. And those are with, uh, those all become, those are all the additions, including Mark Jankowski. Jesus. Uh, 26 year old taken 21st overall by Calgary in 2012, signed as a free agent with the Penguins this offseason. Had seven points in 56 games last year for the, the Flames, averaging 11.02 a night. 64 points in 208 games overall with the Flames since 2016-17. Uh, he's a bigger guy, six foot four, two twelve, uh, and pretty much whenever he's on the ice, the game gets slowed down. When you look at his underlying numbers, uh, usually it's a lot, uh, a lot more low event hockey when he's out there, and he will get the better of uh, puck possession against his opponents, but it's usually with a lot less shot attempts going on. So pretty boring hockey when he's out there. Uh, the Great. Penguins also added uh, Frederick Gaudreau and Maxime Lagasse, but they're going to the practice squad. Uh, and when you add that with Penguins departures, Pittsburgh Penguins departures, Nick Bugstad went to the Wild, Patrick Hornquist, like we just said, went to the Panthers, Jack Johnson, who we'll talk about in a second here, went to the Rangers, Matt Murray to the Senators, Justin Schultz to the Cavs, Patrick Marlowe to the Sharks, Dominic Simone to the Flames, and Con- Connor Sheary to the Caps. Uh, and Jack Johnson. Probably, I want to say he was the biggest addition by subtraction uh, transaction across the whole league this year because he was he was pretty He's bad. Got to be just what a brutal NHL player. Talk yeah. about a guy. And that guy's still I in the division. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm stunned he's still in the league. And like oh, we knew he was burnt to a crisp before he even joined the Penguins, and that he was just atrocious for them, especially in the bubble. Like I, I've got a Penguins fan of a friend, and he was just like, "You got to get this guy off the team right now." He just was stunned by how bad Chad Johnson bad. was in the playoff in the bubble. There is no, and there's no good measure. Like he's not, I don't know. I think he's somebody that sucks eye test and via the numbers. So there's really a lot of confusion as a lot of people look at Jack Johnson and they're like, you know what? Let's bring him in. Let's, let's see what he does here. Let's give him a couple well, coffee. And but. Rutherford was bending over backwards in the off season to yeah. try and 
like drum up interest and, yeah. and nobody was biting except for apparently the rangers <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank god thank god that like just everybody else in the division is like they got to get a taste of jack johnson before uh you know blue jackets penguins and now other Rangers, so I mean, that's the, fine. The thing yeah. about Johnson was, at least back in the day, he could compensate for his lack of competent defensive play with some offense. Some offense. Can't even do that now. No. Yeah, it's it's all, yeah, it's all uh, dried up. It's a long way from getting traded straight up for Jeff Carter. <laughs> yeah, even then, even at that time, it was like, uh, well, that's a bad trade. <laughs> but Jack Johnson played the third most amount of minutes among Penguins Blue Liners last year behind Latang and Marcus Pedersen, just in general, which is staggering. And Johnson and Latang uh, were the most used uh, Penguins tandem of 5-on-5. Five five. This is, of course, because Brian Dumoulin got hurt and missed three and a half months uh, last year thanks to ankle surgery. Dumoulin and Latang are usually their top pair, and usually a pair that's, like, when you look at their player driving, it's one of the better pairs in the league. But uh, Johnson and Latang were not that they were they had a 46.42 coins of four percentage 44.15 expected goals four percentage and 41.5 goals four percentage in 531 minutes together so terrible terrible uh pressure and possession even worse results and you love to see that when you're a flyers fan but unfortunately like i said that pair is only going to get better and uh before we get into project the lineup now. I think it's also worth mentioning. Uh, Penguins had a practice canceled on Saturday for COVID concerns, even though nobody tested positive. And Steve, like we were talking as we watched the end of the Sixers game here, this is the one thing where the bubble, like we're all kind of taking or assuming that the league is going to somehow pull off something as smooth as they did with the bubble. Or maybe people aren't believing that. Maybe they are really, maybe they are, they should be second guessing whether or not this is all going to go smoothly. But, uh, I think one drastic number that'll just kind of illustrate the challenges that this NHL season is going to be compared to the bubble is just a few hours before this recording. Apparently, uh, the league put out a memo saying there have been 27 confirmed cases uh, of of COVID since the players started training camp last week. Uh, 17 of those players from Dallas. And yeah, this is just, I think, uh, off the top of my head, I think when the players went to the bubble over the summer after all coming from different parts of the globe and everything. I think there were two positive tests that were both quarantined immediately, and then there were no more positive tests uh, for the rest of the time, which was a huge reason why the bubble was a success. But now without the bubbles and the teams still traveling, uh, we're going to probably run into issues that a lot of these other leagues have seen, like the NBA and the Sixers just had, and the NFL had immense problems with, and MLB started the season with uh, issues, and ended the season, actually, ironically. with Justin Turner. Yeah, just in time. Justin Turner, just in time. Oh, I, just, yeah, there you go. There yeah, you go. so I got, I got. I the mean, for it. <laughs> like the the Sixers in particular, it feels like the NBA has been torturing them because they've been making yeah, them seriously. play with the bare minimum amount of players each night. Just postpone the game, guys. And I really hope that we can avoid these situations with the NHL. But as you note here. The Dallas Stars basically have their entire roster already infected, so it's yeah. I I don't even know what to do. Like it's it sucks. We're gonna be talking about this all season. As long as there is a season going on, this is going to be something we talk about until all these guys are vaccinated. Yeah, and I think part of the reason why the NHL did the schedule they did is so right now with that Dallas outbreak, in theory, the only teams that have to really worry about it are the teams within that division if the season had started. So. I think the Panthers already rescheduled games. 
and uh, in theory, if this was to happen to a team in the Flyers uh, division, the East, then they would only have to worry about like a handful of teams. I think that's part of the reason why they also did this schedule as well in terms of being preventive, just kind of limit the spread as well. But I don't, I don't know. The league also does crazy shit at crazy times, so I'm not going to give it too much credit. But consider all things considered, uh, all the offseason additions, subtractions, Kaepernick's going to be out. Also, Zach Gaston Reese is going to be out. He underwent shoulder surgery in August at a timetable of six months. Does not look like he'll be back in time for tomorrow's game. So, uh, based off cap friendly, here are their projected lines. So, the top line of Gensel, Crosby, and Evan Rodriguez. That line doesn't. I mean, it's Sidney Crosby. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that line is very good. And Gensel's good, but Gensel's good, but I don't. Who the fuck trust is Evan Rodriguez? Him. Yeah, Evan Rodriguez is honestly one of Evan Rodriguez was Jack Eichel's line mate at BU. And I think Jack Eichel got him a contract with the Sabres. Like, pretty much that was it. Was Eichel, everybody had to watch Eichel that year because him and McDavid were the, the top of the class that year. And he played with Rodriguez. And Rodriguez played at BU and I guess caught the eye as somebody, some scout with the Sabres. And that's how he, that's how, and now he's on the top line with the uh, Penguins. That's how we got to here. Um, so, and I think he was originally involved in like, was Connor Sheary that got traded? I think Connor Sheary got traded to the Sabres. I think he was involved in that deal. Bounce around. He's a nobody, Steve. That was a lot of words to say he's not going to be good. Like, I'm not worried. <laughs> this top nobody. line is. Yeah. So, like, if my if the date is right and Gensel's last game last season was December 30th, he's played he played four games in August. Those were the only organized games of hockey he's played since he was expecting to miss the whole season. And those games wouldn't have been played if he had actually been if it was a normal timeline and a normal world going on and, you know, the league wasn't playing hockey in August. So I think Gensel, it's going to have to be Crosby doing a lot of work against with carrying Gensel and Rodriguez. And then their second line is the line I think I'm a little more worried about uh, is uh, Jason Zucker, Kenny Malkin, and Brian Rust. Uh, four games in the bubble for that line, they had traded 0-0 goals. So no goals were there on the ice either way. But uh, above 60 in a shot times percentage and above 62 in expected goals for percentage. So those, uh, those three fucked when in the limited time they spent together. But uh, And then the, the bottom six, Jared McCann, Mark Jankowski, Brandon Tanev, and then Sam Lafferty, Teddy Bluger, and Colton Sevier. That, that's a terror. Uh, that's just not um, – it's just not a good bottom six. I mean, even, it's, is that yeah. an NHL line right there? I like Sam Lafferty. I like because he's fast. Teddy Bluger and Colton Sevier, you know, and Mark Jankowski has been big and slow and bad for a while now. Uh, so that should cancel out Tan of being annoying as fat and fast. And then McCann is all right. Like there sounds like a Rutherford special right there. <laughs> kind of it is a little bit of a Rutherford special, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a like this lineup. The, the big things I'm worried about for tomorrow, uh, and let's talk about the uh, their, their blue line should be Dumo and Latang, like we were talking about. Uh, they had great play driving numbers uh, in 18-19, and also pretty good play driving numbers in the limited minutes they played last year. That'll be an issue. And then Matheson and John Marino. So I imagine that's going to be a lot of John Marino trying to prop up Matheson. Um, I mean, Matheson's not terrible, but I, I don't know. Like, I think that's a lot more... I think that's going to be Marino going to have to carry that pair. And I think Pedersen's going to have to carry the pair with CeCe. So I think they went from having two decent pairs where it could have been Dumoulin Latang and then you had Pedersen Marino, which is kind of what kind of what they did for a while there last year. Um, and then you just kind of roll with the third pair and hope for it. Now you're kind of spreading out 
who should be two two guys that you should have in your second pair over the second and third pair. It's a flyer special that we saw for years whenever they had, you know, they only had two or three good defensemen. And then you kind of spread the wealth around. A little, kind of like this year, a little bit, actually. <laughs> but maybe, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot. I was going to, my big point was going to be that uh, I think, especially for Wednesday's game and just the first couple games here, it's going to be sloppy play. Like, this is essentially going to be like every team's first preseason game. The Flyers had that, that scrimmage on Sunday where they played against each other, but that was not real. Like, that's not really a game. Uh, and I, I think there there could be a lot of just a lot of blown defensive coverages, maybe some high-scoring action. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Wednesday's game could look a lot different than what we usually uh, expect. Steve, I just wanted to say that because I wanted to, to harp on the point about Gensel and Rodriguez uh, on Crosby's line to open the season. So, up front. Lower your expectations, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> up front. Especially with Kapanen out. Uh, yeah, I mean, their, their four lines don't really look that terrifying. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, Gensel will probably be scarier closer to, like, midseason form. And Rodriguez, I, I, even if I did undersell him, he's not. <laughs> he's really not. He shouldn't be a top six guy, or at least from what I've seen and looking at everything else, I don't think he should be a top six guy in this league. Um, goaltending should be Carter Hart against Tristan Jari, and uh, Carter Hart twenty four thirteen three last year, nine fourteen save percentage, two point four two GAA, and one shutout. His first start against Pittsburgh since the Flyers two to one win on St. Patrick's Day in twenty nineteen in Pittsburgh. So he did not start any of the games last year against the Penguins. He came in during the 7-1 drought, but did not start. Uh, and uh, Jari, again, had a pretty decent year last year. Won 20-12-1 with a 9-21 save percentage, 2.43 GAA, and three shutouts. Uh, and for about a month, he went 9-2-1 with a 9-37 save percentage and three shutouts in a 12-game span. Won 1-0 with a 9-15 save percentage against the Flyers last year. Uh, and if it's not Jari, but Casey DeSmith, who did not play in the NHL last year and had an 18-18-2 record, 9-5 save percentage, 2.92 GAA, and three shutouts. And that's with the minor league Penguins, the, the Jersey Shore Pens, if you will. So, Craig, who who are you thinking ultimately is in net this week? So, I'm guessing hard Jerry, though. Uh, hard Jerry for him. Um, the first, the first two games here, because why not? I mean, beginning of the season, not a back-to-back. Uh, and I don't believe do this live. I don't believe the Penguins are paying, playing anybody on Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see how Yari does as the full-time starter, because the Penguins finally parted ways with Matt Murray over the offseason, and they yeah. traded him to the Senators. And Yari, this is his first time as the legit number one de facto starter. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see how he reacts to that pressure in that role. Yeah, you're right. And he did pretty well last year when it was it was a little bit of a different situation for him. He was the, the backup that everybody in town loved. Uh, Matt Murray was going through another kind of trying season. And uh, Jari came in when Crosby was out and stood on his head. That's what that stretch was from December to January. He had that, that 28 games where Crosby was out. They went 18 and 10, thanks to Jari, uh, pretty much just going off. So, But again, like you said, it's going to be nice guess the pressure of being the starter. And there should be a little more pressure there because, I mean, if he falters now, um, you got to turn the Casey to Smith. And that's 
Well, against Casey Smith, but uh, it's not exactly, uh, you know, the safest landing spot if things go south with Tristan Jari. You thinking, uh, thinking uh, players of the week? Yeah, I think we should do thinking, some players uh, of the yeah. week and so, wrap this sucker up. Yeah, let's get the, and again, this is not going to be how long it usually is. Because this was uh, this one was a doozy. <laughs> but, well, we had to go through the full rosters. Yeah, well, this is all a lot of the roster and taxi squad stuff, and then uh, a lot of I'm introducing the Penguins season. Right here. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully uh, next week's a little more uh, a little tighter. But all right, you want to start? Who you got for the player of the week, Steve? You want me to go first? Player of the weeks every week. Craig and I pick a player of the week. This is a self-explanatory feature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. I'm going with the man I call the bees. Oh God, not the bees. Joel therapy. <laughs> I, I really have been impressed by the way he has stepped it up and he is developing as an NHL player and he's got his new number. He's number 86 now, which is right. a crazy weird number for an NHL player. Very excited to see what therapy is bringing to the table. And I uh, really enjoyed him with, with Claude Giroux and Kevin Hayes the other day. I'm expecting big things from him in these first two games. All right. That, that's a pretty solid pick. Uh, I am going to go with a, a guy, the line below him. I'm going to go with Nolan Patrick. Uh, I think he's going to come out pissed off today. Uh, I think JVR, him, and Voracek are going to get favorable lineup or favorable matchups. And I, I think the whole element, like I was just talking about, of the random – the randomness of not actually getting legit games in before the beginning of the regular season, I feel like that might open up things a little bit for the start of the season. And I think uh, Patrick's might be running high on adrenaline, might be uh, just creating a little more than usual. I mean, we saw it on Sunday. He had some nifty passes and also scored on Sunday. And uh, Voracek and JVR and him look pretty good together. So I'm pulling, I'm pulling for him to just look good because I want the Patrick discussion to pivot from is he a bust just based off of you know injuries to – is he going to be worth being the second line center for years to come? And uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, tears it up this year. I, I want to see the the potential that we saw back in 2017, 18, 18, 19 with him. I want to see a full season of it now. Get all the migraine stuff behind him. And uh, hopefully, hopefully tomorrow's the start of that. Yeah. I mean, the one thing we know about Nolan Patrick is he has a ton of talent and he's got great hands, very uh, good passer. And would love to see him back in the flow of things. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, big weeks for both these guys. I really would love to see Nolan Patrick hit the hit the ground running, or I guess hit the ice skating. I don't I don't know if that really <laughs> works as yeah. well. Yeah, we'll go we'll, we'll go with the. I don't know the if there's a good line. hockey comparison. It's not, it wasn't even a pun. It's just I don't know if there's a good hockey translation for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hit the Zamboni and stride. Uh, ride the. I got yeah, I got nothing. That Zamboni was the only one I had there. Let's just say so. ride the lightning, say some Metallica, move on with her. Oh lives. baby, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. You think yeah. you think Noel Patrick has ever listened to Metallica? Kid's like thirteen. Probably not. Yeah, yeah probably he's not. like thirteen yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. God. Yeah, I I can't even. <laughs> Brian Elliott's the only guy on that roster. <laughs> Brian Elliott saw Metallica. ride the lightning on tour. He saw that tour. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> Brian Elliott owns three Masters of Puppets t-shirts. <laughs> Master of Puppets. Master. All right, folks. That's all we got for you. Thanks so much for listening. Our regular show is Fly Purbly. That'll come out at the end of this week. Flyers forecast can be expected early in the week most weeks. Uh, we will be back. I think we are aiming for recording Sunday for Monday release next yeah. week. Yep. Yep. 
If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, and I will have that uh, the five flyers with the most approved, five flyers with the most on the line, whatever the hell I'm going to title it. That should be out today, tomorrow when you're listening. Uh, and then from there, I mean, uh, it's just going to be some sweet, sweet in-season tent. So hopefully I'm going to start doing a bunch of uh, two o'clock numbers. I grabbed the preview for next week already. And then we have uh, the perbs and uh, the forecast every uh, every week. Every goddamn week, we're giving you people two podcasts. <laughs> every goddamn week. Every goddamn week, yeah. Every well, goddamn this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a real rapid fire season here, folks. So a lot of content, a lot of tangy tent yeah. coming yeah. your way. But thank you so much for always listening and uh, and contributing and all that fun stuff. All right, Craig, sports are bad. I am at Flyperbole or at Estebomb. That's my personal account. For hockey stuff, make it Flyperbole. I don't really tweet a ton of hockey from the Estebomb account. Flyperbole is the one to follow. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. We have so many great podcasts on Broad Street Hockey coming out. We have phenomenal podcast crew, so be sure to listen to as much of them as you can. Much appreciate you listening, taking the time to, to listen to all of our great podcasts. That's all I got for you. Until next time, folks, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and... Good hockey.